Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Boom sauce to you all, my friends. Another Bradford Show. Today's guest, John Gibbons. Uh, John Gibbons was the former manager of the Blue Jays. But more importantly, for Red Sox fans anyway, he was also a guy who was interviewed by Heim Bloom and his posse last year, last January, when they were looking for a manager. So John is one of the few guys who knows what it's like to be interviewed by Heim Bloom and his this regime of the Red Sox. Now, John had made it clear that he's not a candidate this time around for the Red Sox job, but that only frees him up to talk a little bit more about what it's like to be interviewed by the Red Sox front office these days, which is going to be a big, big topic. And by the way, one thing we also learned on this podcast, John Gibbons drafted one spot in back of another guy in the news, Billy Bean. Billy Bean, of course, on the verge of leaving the A's, perhaps to go to Fenway Sports Group. One spot in the 1980 draft behind Billy Bean, John Gibbons was drafted in just a few spots behind Rick Renteria, who was just fired by the White Sox, potentially opening a door for the Alex Cora. Bidding war, Alex Cora, Red Sox, White Sox. And also just a couple spots in back of Terry Francona. So a lot to dive into with that 1980 draft, which we're going to get to later in the podcast. But right out of the gate, we talked to John Gibby about what it's like to not only have a grandmother who lives in Beverly, but to be interviewed by the Red Sox. It's a pretty good one. Uh, sound quality isn't the best, but uh, that's okay. The content is superb. Here you go. All right, one of my favorite people in all of baseball, Gibby. Gibby, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Long time no see. You know, yeah. I'm here, man, but uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing really well down here in Texas. Well, I've been I've been remiss in congratulating you on John Gibbons Day, which was like, like two weeks ago, right? I was. I mean, this is. This, yeah, I mean, what is it? September twenty fourth, something like that. It's, so, in, pe- in case people don't know, the mayor of Toronto designated. I think it's, it's September twenty fourth. Is that right? I could do it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Bad for me, actually. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, no, listen, there's been a lot of managers who have left their jobs, but the, the fact of the matter is is that you know, there's not a lot of managers who have a day named after them in a major, major, major metropolitan city. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely proud of that. You know, I, uh, I grew to love Toronto. You know, I was here for two stints. My first, my first day was a little bit rocky. You know, I... Uh, you know, the fans really didn't warm to me necessarily. Um, uh, they, they kind of battled that old, other New Englander, J.P. Richard, and he was there, and he, I was his guy, so that, they, they stuck that on me automatically. <laughs> but then my second go round, you know, things got a little bit better, and I really fell in love with the city, and I really liked it. And naturally, you know, you, you start playing good baseball, winning some games, you know, everybody loves you. And when you don't, nobody likes you. So, but it, it was a special time for me, you know. Uh, because it was it was my last game I was ever going to have there, and, and, and I didn't I didn't expect it, but you know I, I, I thought it was kind of cool. Do you have a key to the city, or what do you get? Do you have a plaque? Do you have anything? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They gave me a, they gave me like a plaque. You know, I think it was a rush job. You know, they, uh, <laughs> they decided hey, we're going to get this boot. <laughs> 
Don't parade. All right. Um, so, so I remember, so uh, going back, you know, we, I think we first met each other when I was doing the critically acclaimed book, Chasing Steinbrenner. Um, and I was hanging around the, the Blue Jays, um, which you can buy on Amazon for a dollar now, if you like. But, uh, but I, the, one of the things I remember early, early on in, in the John Gibbons, uh, Rob Bradford relationship, as I've told you this before, that uh, when Terry Francona, after 2003, I was sitting up, I remember I was sitting up in my bedroom and I get a call from a lovely lady uh, who identified herself as your grandmother and said that you would make a great manager for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, that's going. That's when Terry Francona was hired. So it, you 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 had uh, you you had the full court press uh, on the Boston Red Sox from from your grandmother, who lived who lived by the way in my town and lived in Beverly at the time. Yeah, yeah. Too bad it didn't work. <laughs> nah, well, listen. It's uh, that's uh, you get it. You know, you got to walk before you can run, right? You get your name yeah. out for your grandmother, and then all of a sudden, boom! You're the the manager of the Blue Jays. Well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Rob, my whole family, my mom and dad were born and raised in, in Beverly. And then my dad joined the military. That's it. And he bounced around. That's how I ended up in Texas. But, uh, you know, I got, I got that Boston blood. And all my relatives are still up there. up in Gloucester, Beverly, you know, Marblehead area. So one thing I do every time we make a road trip up there, you know, three, three times a year, I'd rent a car and go up there, try to, see, try to see everybody, but at least see my grandma, you know, and then during the morning go back and, and have a game at night. So. That was always special for me. I mean, those were my roots. I, 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 we lived in Middleton, Mass, and it was two or three years, and then, you know, my dad got shipped out. Uh, so I, I really didn't have lived, lived there for any length of time. But I tell you what, the older I get, the more, more I go to Boston, you know, I, I do love it. You know? Not only because it's, it's actually my roots. It was just a, it's just a great city, you know. And, uh, I, I tell everybody that, you know, uh, you know, I got Boston blood. I mean, that, that's the asshole. See? So. <laughs> Also, and then they moved to Connecticut. They moved to the same hometown in Connecticut where my uncle left left Boston with there as well. So that's right. That's yeah, it's kind of yeah. It's really in a big world. It's a small world. Well, you had uh, you had a nice visit up in Boston uh, last January. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wishful thinking. No, uh, what are you talking about wishful thinking? I mean, it's like it was you. You had a in case you know people know by now that you know you the Red Sox were interested or Heim Bloom interviewed you for the job last year, um, and which it must have been a pretty cool thing. Yeah, you know I I, I love you know when I actually thought it went really really well. Uh, you know, he ended up, it's it's funny how it all happened. And the day well, the day everything went down in Houston, you know, AJ Hinch is a buddy of mine, and I texted him saying, "Hang in there, what have you." Then word came out that you know he was suspended. Next thing you know, he come out, he's fired. Right? So he, he texted me back later that night. He appreciated what what happened. He said, "You have any interest in the Houston job?" And I said, "Yeah, I would, I would love that." And he said, "But I don't like the circumstances, you know. My, my, my friends, whatever." He said, "Don't worry about that." And so you know, I know he's doing good work for me. So the Astros owner called me and went down there. Great interview. I thought I really I really enjoyed it. You know, I really I really liked the owner. Then, you know, that didn't, that didn't happen, you know, they, they hired Dusty. But then uh, the Red Sox called, 
in the same situation, you know, they were waiting to see the fallout from the uh, Coors deal. Uh, and in high bloom, you know, he kind of explained, you know, what happened. You know, they, they really like Ron uh, Renicky because of familiarity, you know, a lot was going down, everything was rushed. I, and I told him it's good that he wanted to keep some continuity if he could. Now, if the fallout wasn't real good, you know, they, they, they were probably going to make a change. You know, maybe that would have been me, maybe not. So, uh, but I tell you what, uh, you know, I, I was really impressed with the whole group there. I mean, it was a, uh, you know, they, they ran me through the gamut. You know, down, down in Houston, I just sat there with the owner. I guess what they didn't have a GM. Up there, I went to the GM, we went to dinner. The next day, I went through all their departments. And, uh, pretty thorough thing. We really enjoyable. Yeah, you know, I, I like the group, you know. I mean, they're, they're on the ball up there. And, uh, you know, Heim's going to do a great job. He, uh, you know, he came from Tampa. You see what Tampa's doing now. And, uh, but he also, yeah, I think he also knows it's not an easy place. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, uh, you know, it was a great spirit and honeymoon period, you know. So, but he, I think he's got a great baseball mind. He's a good person. He listens. And, uh, yeah, I think it was great. So, so you, um, you probably had never been through anything like that. Like, you, go, you, you were familiar with the Blue Jays organization when you were hired there. And then when you come back, once again, you're familiar with the Blue Jays organization. Like you said, with the, with the Astros deal, you're, I don't even know what uh, Jim Crane bought you to eat for, for dinner. You went out to dinner with them. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, so, so, so when the Red Sox do your, their thing, and what was it, a couple days or something like that? Yeah, well, was, uh, let's say it was a Sunday night, and we, we had dinner, and then Monday, and we did all that, and then, uh, you know, I went home, but they put me up in the presidential suite at the, I can't remember, what's the name of the Commonwealth. Place down there. Commonwealth, right? Yeah. yeah. I tell you, man, I was right there. I felt good for a day, but. But you had never been through anything like that. So when you said like they ran you through the Well, one, one year I went in the, I was, after I got fired by the Blue Jays, I went to Kansas City as their bench coach. I, year, I think it was oh, I, at the end of 09 or 10, I went to Pittsburgh for an interview. You know, that ended up going to Hurdle. And then after, after that, I left Pittsburgh and went up to Seattle. And uh, at that, then that went to Eric Wish. So I did two of those. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's uh, you know, you experience all the different organizations. And I'm going to tell you this, the, the really good organizations do things a little better than them. That's all I guess. You know, sometimes it, it's, it involves money. There's no, no secret about that. But there's also a, a, a right way, a wrong way, a thorough way. And, and um, uh, it, was, it was pretty obvious. There's was, was reasons why some teams win. So what is it like being interviewed by High and Bloom, by that group? What is that like? Well, you know, that first time we sat, we sat around – had dinner, uh, it was a really nice, nice restaurant, and you know, drank a little wine, so you got to, got to know each other. You just, you're just good people, you know, and, and uh, Raquel was in there, you know. Uh, so it, so it kind of eat, eat, eased my mind anyway. You know? So I went in, and we just kind of, kind of a lot of BS we were throwing around about the game, the you know, philosophies of the game, you know, your, your team, your, your Red Sox team, the players, and all things like that, and you know, a little bit about. My family, my history, where I come from, all that stuff. And then, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty casual. But it was a good way to break the ice. And then the next day, I came in and I met with them again. And then they, they, were, they ran me through the assistants and then the analytics and then the travel and then the. <laughs> so, but I, t- I tell you what, it, uh, you know, they hit you pretty hard there. I mean, you, you got, you got to stay awake, you got to stay on your toes. But I, but I found out, you know, what, and I approached it the way I could be myself. You know, I'm. Tell the way I ever do things. 
uh, any of the lighting anymore. Well, so do they run you through like simulations? Do they run you through like, um, you know, to say, hey, do you understand these analytics or those analytics? Uh, I, I've, yeah, I've never, yeah. Yeah. I remember Greg, we didn't like go necessarily over game situations, but with the analytic department, uh, they asked me how I felt about it, what we, what, you know, uh, what we used in Toronto. You know, because I kind of got the rap, the rap as being anti-analytics. Uh, and maybe that's true a little bit to the point, I mean, a little bit, but not, not completely like I think it was, I got the reputation. Because we always use that. In a lot of ways, it was, you know, we, we did some things, and, you know, for other teams, you know, even if we're doing some of that. So, but I also was adamant that I, this, it's a game played by human beings. These aren't, these aren't robots. And if you take the human element, you got you have nothing. And I guarantee you, then the players, you know, it, it, was, it was actually kind of interesting. I read a, uh, an article that, Alex Rodriguez wrote the other day, you know, about that game, it was a game two of the Yankees, where they used an opener, and, and he was basically saying, the New York Yankees use an opener, play out game, what is going on? And he, I mean, he, he had on the money, because the book, book part, I thought, that he said was, the players start questions, the players go, well, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? You may not hear it, but they're going to behind the scenes, and go, hey, what are we doing? What? We're, we're starting a reliever, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, uh, you know, the, the players in the game now really buy into it, a lot more than they did, when, in the, especially with most veteran players when I was when I was managing. But but they still question some things. If you if you, you get extreme, you get out of norm, you get some out of their comfort zone, and, and they feel like you're flipping coins. And you're not really flipping coins, but they also you know it's like my my big argument was always you know I, I you know the analytics say let's say a certain pitcher you know after he goes through the lineup twice you know his numbers selecting percentage against whatever you want to use bad average whatever you know goes. I mean, jumps pretty good, and, and I get that. You know, I mean, I don't need necessarily tell me that. I, you know, I can, I can kind of see it track over over the years. And, you know, but on any given night, let's say, let's say you got Chris Sale out there. Let's say you got Mark uh, Burrell. Yeah, I don't know. So we got I had Roy Halladay. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the numbers may say this, but on that night they're on, right? You know, so you better you better let them run with it. You know, and because uh, it's that's their night. And that doesn't always happen because they have good starts, bad starts, average starts. But, you know, I, I found out what happened because there was a couple times in early in my career where I had started and was rolling pretty good. But he was getting tired, you know, in, in fairly close games. And it's almost like when you take him out, you glance at the dug out, exhale, and they go, and he says, thank you very much. You take, you take that guy that's shutting him down, but I don't care what, how many pitches he's going, and, you know, everything implodes. It's almost like a baseball guy saying, hey, get out of the way, man. If you're not going to get out of the way, we're going to punch. So that's kind of, you know, uh, you, you, you cannot lose that aspect of the game that, you know, in, you know, I mean, baseball guys, you know, I mean, the, the beauty of baseball, you know, on, on any given night, you know, somebody might hit four home runs, we get a pitch hit for it, they normally do, after he's got three, if he's a platoon guy or something. There's certain things you just don't do. You know, now, now I know the score will dictate a lot of that, don't get me wrong, but sometimes, man, when, when it's your night, you know, we got to let him go. And otherwise, you know, otherwise, we won't have any more historic nights or historic performances like the game's had since, you know, the beginning. Right. So when it hadn't been for a few years, um, you know, and this game changes so much in a, in a few years. So when the Red Sox are like showing you the analytics, were you like, did a lot of it line up with what you did with the Blue Jays, or was it, oh wow, wow this is really taking big steps since I was with the Blue Jays? No, no, it, it lined up a lot, but I think they take it uh, uh, 
a, a different level, you know, because he's on the, the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox, the Yankees, you know, Dodgers. You know, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a handful of teams, max, that, you know, they, when you think baseball, you think those teams. So, I mean, they're going to, and they, they, had, you know, they had the resources to you know, get the best people, get more of the best people, or whatever it might be. And, and, uh, but, you know, I, I think I, I remember I asked one of the guys, okay, so if, let's say the Red Sox, and you get the Red Sox and the, the Yankees, and, okay, your top, your top team, right? Okay, basically, it's hard to believe that you might have a better analytics team than the Yankees do, or, because you know what, they're both the best, and they can, they, can, they can afford to do whatever they want, right? So once again, if, if pretty much, if, if, you know, it's, it, the statistics and all that has been looked at so heavily, this, I don't know if there's any formulas or whatever that you can come up with, we don't already know, already know. So my point is, okay, if that's the case, if, if the Red Sox analytics is a little different than, or very close to the Yankees or your top team, or, what what happens again? It, it comes down to team with the most talent. Like in baseball, always say it comes down to the most talent. It's, you know, early on when I think some teams were using were using it extensively, what happened? They uh, you know they, they might have had an advantage on the staff, but now it's kind of kind of a money ball, and then, you know that and then other teams start falling. So you know, so there's there's you you don't have an advantage necessarily. Now you may do it better, you may follow some things a little better, but in the end, Rob, like always, sports. Comes down to the best town, especially in baseball. You play so many games, you know. It's not like football. You get one game a week. You know, it's all X's and O's. You know, it's you have a bad day. You're in trouble. Baseball, you play so many games, and you know what? Over time, the, mo the most talent wins, and, and you know the, the teams that have the most depth that can overcome the injuries, what have you. So you know, I believe in all that, but I, it's, you know, man, you got you got to have the best players. It's no secret. They make they make man as managers look really really good. Well, is that, well is that, I would imagine that the, the team that you thought had the most talent that you've managed was that lot that playoff team. The 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 um the, Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was that was a good team, man. Like that must have been yeah. You know what, you know, Rob, yeah, it was a really good team. You know, it was a high maintenance team, it was, it was a bunch of characters. You know, it, was, it had some of the most disliked guys in the game, you know, Donaldson, Batista. You know, because they could rub the other team wrong, you know, because they, they were emotional, they wore, you know, they wore it on the sleeve, and they were so damn good, you know, they, they beat you a lot. So teams didn't like that necessarily. But, uh, you know, part of what makes, I think, some of the great players great is, you know, what they, they, they are emotional, you know, and they're, you know, they can be volatile. But, uh, you know, this, this group was, was, was tough, but it was very, very enjoyable, and, and they, they played together. They didn't necessarily always get along, but when we get time, you know, 7 o'clock, they played together. So a, lot, a lot of ways it was like, not, maybe not as extreme. I was with the 86 Mets, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. It was a little more extreme, I'll say. But it's very similar. I mean, not everybody got home all the time. There was fights. But when they when they first did first pitch is thrown, you know, they, they played away. So, yeah. So, it was, you, it was, so you, had, you probably had a new appreciation for Davey Johnson then, huh? Yeah, you know, I was always a, I was always a big fan of Davey. You know, Davey, Davey's actually from San Antonio. But, you know, one thing I always, you know, you, you kind of adopt the style. It's probably, you know, the guys you play for along the way. Actually, uh, you know, Davey's the only guy I played for the big leagues briefly. But one thing he had was confidence, you know. And, uh, and Davey was kind of ahead of the game, you know. I mean, you talk about analytics. Davey was doing some things that, you know, computer stuff. I don't know. I don't know how in depth necessarily, but I think he's probably the only one doing it. But Davey, Davey let his guys play, man. You know, and he showed a ton of confidence. And he let, he let them fail. He let them uh, – you know, it's it's. I, I can remember him telling me one time it was early in the season, and it, 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 it stuck with me. It's a great example. He said, you know, he said early in the season, 
and you get a picture out there, you know, you know, pictures sometimes, you know, bits and all you come take them out. At least they used to do analytics now. Some of these guys, some of the guys had to go out. But, but when, when, when back, in the, back in those days, whenever, you know, you were expected to go nine innings, you know, when you get taken out, these guys get all mad and pissed off. Right? What they used theory was, okay, early in the season, tough, tough, tough situation. He's going to let them go, right? Now he's going to, okay, pr- prove to me that you can handle this. If you can't, okay. If you, if you can't do it, next time he comes out, take it out. You, you got no, you got no complaint, right? Because he lets you try it a couple times, and you're like, you fail. So, so give me the ball, shut up. You know. Now, if you succeed in those tough times early on, now you got confidence, and now you got, you know, you can do it. More, more so for the younger type pitchers, the, the, the guys have been around that have proven, you know, what they can do, and you normally don't yank. From back then, you didn't yank them. Everybody so. Yeah. No, but they, it, it, little, little things like that. You know, he, he's a very confident guy, very confident in himself. And his, he, 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 you know, he was arrogant. Uh, but, but just a, a good man that, you know, uh, lets you play and trust, trust his players, you know. And then the one other guy that uh, I had some really good ones was Daryl Johnson. The, you know, the DJ, man, it's a Red Sox. He was oh, yeah. Really, yeah, back in those days, he was like assistant to our GM, and he'd hang around AAA, watch the team damn near every night. And when the Mets needed a player – Back in the eighties, when the team's really good, he'd recommend a guy. And DJ always had the last word. You know, he had all these young guys, and we'd have these, we'd have the organizational meetings, they go around the room, give their opinion, blah blah blah. They always went to DJ last, right? The GM was like, "What do you think, DJ? You need to go sometimes to go like this." Like this. <laughs> and then the, the, everybody valued his opinion and his experience, and so he had kind of the final say. So, he, so I, had, I wasn't around a lot of them, but the ones I was really good. You know, of course, DJ's he's known in Boston history. Uh, so, when, so when you're managing that team, that Blue Jays team, um, you know, like you said, you have some strong personalities. And, you know, one of the things like, – listen, like, I never played for you, but, like, I talked to people who played for you. I've talked to people who have been around you. And one of the great things that I think everyone loves about you, Gibby, is that you're so genuine. Like you, you are what you are. You're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna yes. No, but but you are. But you, you basically, you know, this this is such a so such an important thing. I would imagine for baseball teams above everything else because it's such a long season and people can cut through the bullshit. You know, they're, they're, if if you're bullshitting someone, they're gonna be able to cut right through it. You are very very genuine. So when you're dealing with that group. Are you just saying, hey, like, guys, like, knock it off? Or do you have to play – or do you find yourself having to play mind games with them? I mean, I don't know how something like that works with that group. Now, you know, you know what, Rob? You know, I never really played mind, mind games. You know, I had very, had very few meetings, you know. I mean, I've always – it's kind of like when you have a kid, you know, or you, you know, the more you talk, the less they listen, right? So I'm not bigger than Rob Rob. So I would if, – if I had an issue or wanted to talk to a player, I usually bring him in the office. And, uh, uh, and I never I – never, you know, I was emotionally, you know, I kind of, I, I tried to be steady. You know, I, I look calm maybe on the outside, but inside I was turning like anybody else. But I think it's important to, you know, to, you know, be steady. But every now and then you got to show me you got heartbeat, you know, you got to rev it up with, with, with one way or the other. And, you know, I had a couple of run-ins with players, you know, in my career. They weren't, uh, uh, wasn't necessarily something I'm proud of, but I think at the time we needed it, you know. And, and these weren't knee-jerk reactions. It was things that, was, things that built up, and, you know, sometimes – Sometimes you gotta get down to their level, you know. I mean, that's 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 what they understand, you know. And uh, uh, you know, and, and the beauty of baseball is anybody can play. You know, you, you've got guys from all over the world, all education levels, all sizes, you name it, right? So you know, we're we're not 
we're not necessarily de uh, dealing with ivy layers for the most part. You know, there's maybe a couple running around. But, you know, we got some guys with no education. Some guys are, you know, a rotten guy. Some guys are a wonderful guy, you know, real polite and all that. So, you know, yeah, I think you just gotta, gotta deal with them on an individual basis and you know, uh, whatever makes you tick. But sometimes, sometimes you gotta pin your ears back. You know, just like, like I said, you, you, got, you got a kid. You know? I mean, if, uh, I mean there's, got, there's gotta be a power structure too. And, uh, you know, just, you gotta do things the right way. And you know? I, I always had a lot of leeway, you know. Sometimes you, turn, you gotta turn your back on some things to see, you know, like, uh, you, know, you can't, cause you can't nitpick at everything. These, are, these aren't going men. And you know what, they make a lot of money. If people come to watch them play, they open the watch manager. And so, you know, sometimes you get to say, okay, but you can't, you can't let things that are disruptive or not being done the right way go on too long. Speaking of one of the players on that team, Batista, um, I heard Alex Anthopoulos on an interview the other day talk about, um, they were talking about the bat flip from the other day. And then like I said, and Alex was like, listen, I try to teach my kids, you know, be respectful of the game, but I got to be honest with you. Like when Jose Batista has that bat flip, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I'm all right with it. It's the emotion of everything else like that. I would imagine like you were <laughs> like the excitement of that moment. Like this is one of the things about baseball. This is what drove me nuts, Gibby, about when they mic'd up Ramon Lariano the other day. I'm like, you're in the postseason. You don't need to mic up guys and interview them during the game. It's the postseason. It's supposed to be a little more serious than that, I think. I, you know? Oh, but but that but that environment in Toronto, it's like I mean, that's you know, I've been to plenty of games in Toronto. But when they when they get rolling there, that those especially oh my, I had some Friday night games there. Oh my goodness, like <laughs> the Molsons. It was twenty some years of frustration, you know, because yeah. it had been twenty four years maybe since the last you know when they went back to back World Series, and uh, you know really couldn't have the, the guy that did it had the flair for dramatic. He would always he always did some big things, and you know what? And he was kind of the face of the franchise for, for a long time when when the team was struggling. So he really couldn't have a better guy here. My, my issue is that whole thing. We had a little brawl with the following years, you know, because they made an issue. At the Texas Rangers, at, right after, after that happened, the next few years, they celebrated more than anybody ever seen. You know, <laughs> they Odor who had to, you know, do the punch. Odor's out there in the whole play. He didn't even hit it. He's dancing around. They run their runs up down thing. Everybody's throwing their bats. I'm going, you know, they say, I don't, what happened? All of a sudden, you know, was, it, was it all BS? Yeah, obviously it was. You know, but, uh, but you know, the thing about, you know, the, the thing that's kind of a mystery that, uh, is, is the, you know, the, you know, the etiquette of the game, because baseball always did have, if you showed somebody up or you got out of control, the teams, you know, they, they drill somebody and, you know, they handle it. And, and, and you know what, they, and things were, things were better when they did that. But now, now the sport really promotes, you know, let the boys be boys or whatever they did, you know, yeah. inside the NBA or the NFL, whatever. And that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's this day and age and the other stuff. I personally like the other stuff a little better. I mean, I like the Louis which I, you know, I don't, you know, it's, to me, it's not a circus. It's, it's still a good hard nosed game. You get after for 162 games or what have you. But you're emotional. And, uh, you know, so that, that's kind of taken over the game. Uh, but there's been some big home runs, you know, and, and you know, Hosey's, you know, the, the funny thing is, I didn't even see it. You know, I, I, oh, really? I, 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 I saw him hit it, right? And I'm, I'm looking out there in the stands, see where the damn balls go. And then, <laughs> so I, I just, you know, I've seen it a million times on, 
on replays. Same thing with Edmonds the following year when we won that one game playoff wild card against Baltimore. Then when we hit the walk off there, and uh, you know, I was, I was I was looking, you know, me being so anti stat I had some stats out there. I was looking what's going to happen next, or you know, we we're in extra innings, and you, you know. Uh, that's when you kept looking down and seeing Britain. Uh, Britain, uh, Britain well, I was going to say, I was just going to say to you, like, I just, that, that game, everybody, the one thing everybody will remember, where was Zach Britton? And so from the manager at the other side, we were like, okay, where's it going to bring him? Is it going to bring him? Is it going to bring him? I would imagine. Yeah, you know, you know, the guy, you know, gave the whole run, the ball You know, I, I knew about, you know, we were the only team in the, in the league that could not touch Everybody else pounded, we could not touch it. Right? And so, and I, you know, we faced him quite a bit in, in that division. So, I know, I know, Buck, I, I know what he was thinking, at least I do, I think I know. You know, he was trying to milk a little bit more out of him, and, you know, save the, you know, uh, that kind of shutdown, because you know, he really believed in Baldo. And, uh, and I, uh, when I saw Baldo come in, I, I wasn't necessarily shocked. I saw Britain up and I figured he might do it, but when I saw Baller come here, I'm going, damn it. How many times we got this guy? This is our nemesis, right? <laughs> so Eddie comes up and I'm looking at these stats, and all of a sudden I hear a crack. Look up there, Eddie. Eddie puts in the seat, they walk out the field, we win, we, we, we move on. So I miss both of them, actually. Uh, <laughs> but that's, uh, it's, it was a great thrill by two of the best Blue Jays of all time, I think the perennial. Home run hitters. Oh, that was a great team. And, uh, and you know, so if you Google John Gibbons and, like, what type of manager you are, one of the things that will come up is that how good you were with bullpens and that you were really good with bullpens, And which is, you know, in this day and age, if we talk about the importance of managers, there's a lot of important things about manager, managing off the field and everything. But in game, that may be the most important thing, to be able to manage a bullpen. And I don't know if that's something you got better at over time or if that's something you learned from somebody or, like, how you got to be good at managing a bullpen. Well, you know, Frank, Frank Cassidy was a good game for the Mets in Baltimore. He Baltimore years ago, and then the Mets was very successful. Good baseball man. I asked him one time, I said, Frank, what makes a good manager? He goes, well, he says, uh, he, he, uh, he's a person who gets the most out of his team and can handle a pitching staff. And I said, you know, I started thinking about it. Said, yeah, that's basically it. You know, I mean, these guys, these guys know how to play the game. The game dictates a lot of what happens, right? But, you know, you, you get to hopefully make the moves at the, you know, most of the right times. Right? But let's, let's not get ourselves either. If you, if you got a better bullpen than the other guy, you know what? It's, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Uh, uh, there's, there's, there's no secret to that. Uh, but you know what, the, you know, Rob, I, you know, I, was, I was a catcher, so I, you know, I, I was used to watch the pitchers, you know, and I, you know, I, so I know when they're losing it or the ball's coming up or what have you. And I, was, I always made, made a point to talk to, you know, my catchers, hey, you really know, this guy started losing, because you can't always see everything inside. This guy started losing a little bit, and, I, and I'm missing it. He tell me, and, and we have pretty good work relationship with Russell Hartz, and there are other catchers. Um, but, you know, one, one thing that we've got, I think the key manager both men too, Rob, is you gotta keep these guys fresh as you can, right? You burn you burn them out in the other season. And hopefully you get to the playoffs. Well they're they're pitching in that much longer than the season. They're at they're at gas. And you know, this is that's the thing, you know, I I mean if you're gonna run this analytics the way they run, you need to increase the uh 
roster sizes, but maybe a couple more than even what they did this year. Because, I mean, you kill, you, if, if you get a uh, Yankee starter so early all the time, you know, who's going to pitch? I mean, it's, it, the, the bullpen's got to work. You know, and it, it, is, it goes back to my point. If that guy's on that night, maybe you let him go, not only because he's on that night, but because, you know what, he's going to save the bullpen. You, know, you can't just say the numbers say this. But if the numbers say this, you, I mean, you keep an eye on it, and you don't ignore it and say, oh, you know, but you, you got it, but you let the guy go. Now he stays that bullpen, then, you know, might come in handy tomorrow night. Because they got to pitch. If, if your starters aren't, aren't, aren't only going so long, I mean, they, they've got to eat the innings. They've got to eat the innings in the games. You're not even in it. And, and I don't know how many times I, I saw it, and it's, it's hard to do, but you got to do it. You, your starter gets knocked out early, and you, know, you can't leave them out there and embarrass you know, the sacrificial land. But, you know, you, some of your top relievers almost have to throw an inning just to get through a game, right? And, yeah. and uh, yeah. okay. And that's not ideal, but sometimes there's nothing else to do because there's so many one-inning pitchers in the game. I mean, there's really not a lot of true long men that every team used to have. When that guy goes in there, he goes four or five innings, you know what, and he's worth his weight in gold. He's, you know, got a five, six early because he gets you through a game, you know, and he saves the other guy. Now they're basically all one-inning guys. A lot of, most of them don't even want to throw a quarter of one inning. And, and so, okay, well, the league says you got to be – if you're at home, you got to play nine innings. Now that, that's when you hope you're on the road because you only got to play eight. Right? But if you're at home, you got to fill that inning. Okay, so now, now your top guys, now if they need an inning work anyway, okay, I, I got you. But if they got to fill that just to get you through the game, you know, then they, the next day, I mean, it, it catches up with you over time if you, you know, yeah, use those yeah. And then, it, then, then it usually bites you in the end or they get, end up getting hurt anyway. So what's, what's so your, what's your, your give me your prediction? We're sitting here as we are taping this. Rays are up to nothing in their series over the Astros, um, and then obviously you have the Dodgers and Braves. Um, you know, I'll, you know, I just look at it as like the Dodgers. If you look at the t- most talented team, I think it has to be the Dodgers. But you know, I had this conversation with uh, Pat Light, former pitcher, um, threw a hundred and gave up uh, – he struck out Mike Trout, but also only pitched five games in the major leagues, um, which he is very self-deprecating about. But he – we and I – we were talking about this, about comparing the 2018 Red Sox compared to this Dodgers team, like who would win, because Mookie said this was the most talented team he'd ever been part of. Um, sometimes, you know, this is not about that. The, the Red Sox rolled that year. I mean, 118 wins. They, I mean, they rolled in, in large part, a big part of it, like a guy like Steve Pierce. Well, you know? The what? Meeting all the signs. Yeah. I know, that's, that's, that's true, too. So, who would you pick? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a guy like Steve Pierce, a guy like Sandy Leone, like those guys are important. You can't just say, oh, you have a bunch of, like, uh, 10 guys who throw 100, I'm going to win, right? Right. Well, you know, Rob, the teams I want, well, I want Atlanta to win it all. They, they, that's, that's where I work now. But also, I also want to do the World Series, series. I want to see Atlanta and Houston, you know, because you got Dusty and, and uh, Snicker, two kind of old-timers, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Roberts and Brian, Dave's kind of into that way a little bit, you know. Cashy, Cashy played in uh, Boston. I think a little bit. Oh, Cashy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was your advanced scout, right, when you were managing. Yeah. So, so, no, no, he was, he was with Farrell was in Toronto. 
he was his advantage. Oh, he, that he, he had gone. He, he went over to uh, Cleveland, I believe. He had gone to Cleveland to be the bullpen coach. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but so I'm, I'm rooting for the two old timers to get there. Of course, we ended up with uh, what I think's gonna happen. No, I, 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 I think, I think Tampa's really good. You know, I mean, they, they got the, you know, they got so many good arms. You know, and, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Tampa and in, in, in Atlanta in the, in the Ooh. series. Ooh! Yeah. Wow! All right. You know, the, 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 Atlanta's got as good as Tampa Dodgers do. Well, I, you said you. I didn't know this. You you collect paychecks from the Braves. I didn't realize this. Yeah, special assignment, Scott. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Regardless, I like so like you know. I, I'm a huge fan. Like most people, of Freddie Freeman, and I want to see the, those guys. A guy like Freddie win it all. Naturally, that's my team. So I got. Uh, so 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 we'll see. You know? well, I, 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 I see. I was see. I was I was I was downgrading the Braves all this time, and I had no idea that you worked for them. So that you were you. you so my apologies. I would never do that. America's team. America's team. Like I, I, I from from now on, when the Braves do win, I am going to classify you as a straw that serves a drink of the the world champion. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey Rob, who got the biggest break this year? It was the Houston Astros when they shut down the season. You know, in a normal season, you know, oh. really they, 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 you know, they really died to the Oh, the spring training? I mean, spring training was like, this is all what it was all about. And then all yeah. of a sudden, boom, now we're, all, now we're talking about, we're, nobody, you know, well, some people are talking about it, but it's nothing like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know what, I don't think anybody was coming clean. You know, the American public, you know, you come clean, everybody knows what happened, right? You come clean, the American public will forgive you, right? You know, we all make mistakes. That's just the way it happened. If you hit and haul and you dodge this and that, you know, they're, they're going to breathe on your neck. And I think, I don't think they ever really came out and said, you know, you know, you know, they weren't the only ones cheating out there. You know, that they're the ones that got nailed for it. Uh, but, you know, sometimes, you know, when you screw up and get caught, you screw up and get caught. Nah, they, I mean, you go back to spring training, they didn't handle that well. There, there was like, and that was, and it was going down, you're absolutely right. It was going down the wrong path to them. And, you know, I think I was thinking about this today because I saw Altuve make two errors. And obviously, Correa is like, we're going to show everybody. We're going to show everybody. Everybody's different. Like, everybody's different. Like, everyone takes the criticism and all of that different. Like, a guy, I don't know, like, maybe it does impact Altuve, everyone banging trash cans and doing all that. Whereas another guy might say, hey, we'll show everybody. But everyone's different. And not everybody on that Astros team is going to handle the same way. Right, right. Yeah, but, you know, but in the end, they probably, you know, it's, it's sad as what's going on with the coronavirus and the seasons and sports and in our country. They benefited, I think, from you know, Oh, no question. First person out there benefited, you know. No question. Well, you know? well, I'll say this. Is it after you win the world championship uh, with the Atlanta Braves and you have that ring on your finger? Now, now special assignment scouts do get rings, right? Oh, well, yeah, I think normal normal season, but but I, I, I think everybody's losing so much money this year. They might. <laughs> you have to have direct contact and influence with the big league club again. That would be my. Not, listen, like you have, I've told you many times, you have great things ahead. Uh, just around, I would imagine that you're going to get your. Oh, next hold on. The what? You didn't know old I am. Say so now. You really know how old I am. Oh, I know how old you are. Yeah, you're young. You're the same age as Billy Bean. 
Ain't no beaner that I got drafted the same year. We're roommates in Mets. Yeah, same age as Billy Bean. Were you in the same draft? Same Mets? Same Mets draft. Yeah, and actually, Mets had three that year. Three first-round picks. Strawberry was number one in the nation. Bean was 23, 23rd pick. I was 24. I actually came, I came from the Red Sox. I think it was, it was a left-handed pitcher in the free agent. And, and, and you guys might have signed him from the Mets. Was it Lockwood? Skip, uh, Skip Lockwood? Or, no, not at all. Yeah. That's what I think. The guy went from the Mets to the Red Sox, and the Mets got their first-round pick, and that was me. Oh, oh, Skip Lockwood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. So the Mets had three first-round picks that year. Strzok, Strzok turned into, you know, he had a trouble career, but, you know, a good one. You know, Bean became became a front office guy because he couldn't play either. And I, I, I became a coach. So you were, you were, so you were the pick right after Bean. Yeah, he's twenty three. I was twenty four. Oh wow, wow! Look at you. Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah. So, so yes, I do know how old you are, and you have great things ahead. But I, I do want to ask you this about being a special assignment scout because I have no idea what you do, and, and so tell me one thing that you did that. <laughs> No, you know what I was actually doing? They, they sent me out. I was out on the road looking at amateur players for the draft, you know, high school and college. They, they give me some names, mainly catchers, but, you know, the guys that they, they thought, thought would go high. And I was actually enjoying it. And uh, then, you know, this, the coronavirus hit. They, they yanked everybody off the road. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, after the year I got fired, I had a year on my contract with still with the Blue Jays, so I, I got paid for doing nothing. This year basically got me a pay for doing nothing. I got <laughs> I don't want to say I got it all figured out. Next year's the key. Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> right. No, but you know what, Rob? In all seriousness, I was I was loving the job. You know, I've, I've been off of baseball. Even those amateurs have been off of baseball for a year. It was good to get back into it. Um, and then, uh, you know, but I miss it. I miss all the action on the field. But, you know, they have, they have special assignment guys. I guess it depends on, you know, what your GM thinks of that job. You know, different guys do different things. Well, there's there's a couple more jobs out there, so. Uh. <laughs> so true. I think in that first round of that 1980, I think Frank Cohen was in there because he went on the match. and I think Rick 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 was also there. Might have been one more that went on the match. Oh, really? Wow. Well, Billy Bean's now leaving. He's going to be leaving the A's now, and he's going to be like joining John Henry with the soccer club. The soccer club. Yeah. <laughs> American. What the hell would that be? I, I don't know. You're going to have to give him a call. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Beaner. When, when this, this was back in Toronto, Beaner's a good guy. Well, you know, he, hell, he had that job in Boston. Then he thought about it and the next day he walked away, right? Oh, well, he had it. Well, he it was him, and then JP turned it down. JP Ricciardi oh, turned well, it he, down. Here, Bean, Bean accepted it. Right. He, for for, like, for a couple days. Yeah, yeah. Speaking, 
Now he's turning, now he's now he does, he loves fishing, he's a big fly fisherman. We couldn't get him to he couldn't figure out a pole of a fishing pole that week late. Now he's like, so Beaners had a had a great career. You know, I, I would love to see them win it all, you know, because of that. They, you know, they had to be stacked against them. But you know, every year they're right there, you know. So but yeah, he's had a pretty good game. Well, the best, the best back-to-back picks uh, in in the history of the draft. You guys, Bean and Gibbons, right back to back. So, if you want, if you want off the field talent, there you go. There you go. There, there you go. All right, man. I I appreciate it. You're the best, and uh, and um, great things ahead. You really know how old I'm, man. I just told you. No, I know. But, you know, you know how the game sticks out. I mean, the game's going with youth for you, not like it used to be. If, if, you know, years ago, I'd be in the prime you know, if somebody wanted to hire me. You know, it's, it's, it's a little different now. They go with all these young guns that, that uh, you know, that they can dictate a lot, too. They're willing to, they're willing to go that way. So. Are, you we'll young, are, you younger, huh? are you younger than Ron Gardenhire? Barely. Gardenhire, yeah. He got, he got drafted in 80 by the best team. Oh, he was yeah. like, he made him tired to play in New York. Yeah, Gardenhire might. Gardner was fairly high, too. He wasn't first round. I think he was 1980 also. Yeah. All right. Well, well, there you go. So, I think the next Detroit manager should be another 1980 uh, draftee for the Mets. So, there you go. There you go, man. <laughs> Rob, it's a pleasure, man. Hey, I All appreciate right. you along the way. We'll do it again, I hope. Oh, anytime. It's a blast. So, keep in touch, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rob. All right.